Just Being Honest, the JBH Podcast. Let's rock this. True food, full thought. Today's podcast is brought to you by Sun Potion Transformational Foods. These are transformational foods for a high vibration, holistic lifestyle. They are proud to offer the highest quality tonic herbs and superfoods. They're always organic or wild crafted, consciously sourced from around the world. Today's podcast, it's a very unique one and I love it. And I love that I got to connect with this guest. You know, he went from being a mainstream Midwest athlete, set out to become a dentist to transforming, (laughs) no pun intended, to a magically healing maven. Scott Lindy is my guest, the creator and founder of Sun Potion Transformational Foods. You may notice his items, his adaptogens, his superfoods. They've been well endorsed by Gwyneth Paltrow herself through her site Goop. And through the New York Times, Nylon Magazine, Bon Appetit, and Vogue, to mention just a few. Now I've got Scott with me to share his life story about how his curiosity for a calmer and more centrally aligned path of longevity and harmony has changed and continues to change and unite the world to become a more healthier and happier place. He reveals how the adaptogens that he produces and sells through Sun Potion stand apart from those competitors on the market. Oh, and if you are wondering, and maybe continue to wonder, how you can be just as happy as Scott Lindy is every single day, literally, he is glowing with happiness, glowing. It comes down to two things. The perfect potion blend which is revealed in this podcast, and the frame of mind you set yourself up for every single day. I'm talking gratitude. I cannot wait for you to listen to my interview with Scott Lindy of Sun Potion Transformational Foods. Guys, grab those pens. You're not going to want to miss a second of this. You may have to rewind and repeat, but that's okay. We join you as our guest. We love that you're here. We're diving in. We're jumping in. Start those engines. You just turned on the JBH podcast, and I'm your host, KB. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug. Let's rock this. All right, test. One, two, one, two. Hello, guys. Scott here. Ooh. Hi guys, this is your host, KB, and this is the uh, Just Being Honest podcast. Welcome to your wonderful, beautiful, healthy day of listening to me with my brilliant, glowing with health guest. This is your health and Nutrition and Lifestyle Manifestation Coach, KB, as I said before, we have an awesome guest today. He, he drove up in his shiny little hot rod car to see me in Montecito. <laughs> we met halfway um, from where he works and where he lives. So what a treat to have the founder, creator, the mad scientist of Sun Potion Transformational Foods on the JBH <laughs> podcast, Scott Lindy. Hello, oh my God, that's like the most exuberant welcome I've ever seen or heard. I love that. And guys, we're going to have a little background noise because we are by the highway, the train station. It is, we don't have air conditioning in here either, so it might get all hot and sticky, but you obviously can't see me sweating. So, um, without further ado, let's cheers. You might, you might hear us drinking our juice. We're drinking these green juices from Juice Ranch here in Santa Barbara. Let's cheers. Cheers. Ping. Oh, did you hear that? That was golden. So, Mr. Scott, welcome to the JBH podcast, um, where I'm just being honest all the time. 
And I cannot wait to hear about your story, about how you got into the health game, about growing up. Let's start with growing up. How did you grow up? Were you, were you raised with a silver spoon of green juice or, or tell I me? I was raised with tell a me. silver spoon of Velveeta cheese. Oh, really? <laughs> and I grew up in the Midwest in Minnesota, so in a real kind of conventional mainstream family in the 80s. So we had, you know, cable TV and all of these uh shopping at Sam's Club and shopping at kind of conventional grocery stores and those kinds of things. And I just, uh, I, I do remember having some questions about, like, why are the chicken breasts so big? Or, you it's know, kind of just like weird, like, what's up with this weird food stuff? Or what does this word natural really mean, even at a really young age? Yeah. But uh, I'm super grateful to have, so, you know, words like organic were not even... I didn't really know what that meant until much later. Basically, when I moved to California, that sort of became a topic of conversation about 15 years ago. But I am glad to say I grew up on a lake. I grew up really close to nature, uh, outdoors all the time. Uh, we were talking with your mother earlier about the biking and the working out and the training and that kind of stuff. So, so where in Minnesota were you from? So a town called Prior Lake. It's just south of the Twin Cities. Oh, wow. So they have all these lakes in Minnesota. So this is like a sweet little five-mile-long lake. Made a small flotilla of huh. boats. So town of how many people? Maybe 10,000 people. Wow. Suburb kind of vibe. Did you get into trouble? I thrived on positive reinforcement. <laughs> I was like the, the little golden baby who just did everything to please everyone. Oh, nice. Are you the youngest <laughs> in your family? I'm the oldest the across oldest. all uh, relatives and cousins. And oh, my gosh. So I was like the first grandson and the first boy and the first... You're the ringleader. Yeah. So um, how many kids do you have in your family? Yeah. I was like, well, yeah, I don't have any kids myself. But I would like to have some kids someday. I have a sister who's a few years younger than me. Mm -hmm. And... She lives in Minnesota and is married and has a nice thing she does there and is helpful. She kind of works in a food rehab uh, rehabilitation center for adolescents. Oh, for like... Under-eating, over-eating, oh, all kinds of different you. eating things. Oh, wow, that's very interesting. You guys both are kind of in the food. And, and do, you, do you get to introduce any of your products up there or is that like a... I've been, I've been pushing for it for years. I'm like, yeah. hey, if they don't like eating, just give them some chlorella. <laughs> They'll be like totally styled up. They'll be like, what is this? I know. Um, cool, cool. So, so at a very young age, you became little Curious George. You said, why is this chicken breast, like, squishy, wrapped in saran wrap, and... Why does this tomato taste like cardboard? Huh? Why do we have this tomato in the middle of January when it's snowing outside? Interesting. What did, <laughs> your, are... <laughs> what did your parents do? Like, what, what, what was their occupation? My dad's a dentist, so cool. science, medicine, lots of additional extracurricular training kind of related to that. Had... He was the primary dentist. He had other dentists that he employed, and he had like 15 staff. Wow. So kind of like business owner, but also medical things. So that's when you got the, the kind of mad scientist. Science-related stuff. Yeah, wow. I wanted to be a dentist one day. So I was like studying for that in college and stuff. Fortunately, I'm not that smart, and I don't like oh, to read that on. much. And there's things that kept me from really going and excelling in that line of schooling so I didn't have to go and do that I got to do this instead eventually Remember, I am what I am what I am <laughs> which you put out there you become so did mom work my mom did a huge amount of work she was like the ultra super mom who oh, just yeah. Tell me about took mom. care of my sister and I and oh, was yeah. like on every PTA board and oh, every gosh. sports team coach loved her because she'd be showing up with fruits and foods and th things and she, my mom was like super involved so so how did mom react when you started asking questions about the cardboard tomatoes and the squishy chicken and well and, and like were you guys raised like were you guys raised on like eating a bunch of mainstream food obviously you said yeah. Velveeta on the spoon <laughs> but um 
and I'll, later I'm going to ask you about your personal nutritional choices now. Okay. Because um, I kind of feel like I could guess, but I don't want to guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, so growing up in the house, what was, and then when you were asking all these questions, let me go back. When you were asking all these questions, how did your parents react? What were, what was their answers? Were they like, go explore, Well, remember there's not uh, like huge context for this conversation, right? So, I mean, it was kind of like 80s and 90s. Yeah. And I do remember going once to this um, really kind of odd, sort of stripped out, kind of like co-op building that was sort of like just a garage warehouse that had little bins of things and, um, you know, but we went there maybe a couple of times. So you were left to wonder. You were just left to wonder. I was left to wonder, yeah. It was kind of like... You know, oh, okay, well, if you don't like these, like, three- or four-pound chicken breasts... I was like, how do these chickens even walk around? Like, how? what's up with these, like, huge chicken breasts? And they've got two of these things on there. Like, how do they even walk around? And so it's like... you were before the time of the... <laughs> there weren't any answers for these questions. It was just like, well, you don't have to eat that. You could eat something else here on the... So did you become vegetarian, vegan? You know, at some point in, in adolescence, we were... The whole family was vegan and vegetarian for like five or six years and the reason was simply that my mom wanted to do that and she made all the food yeah for all of us so my dad got on board everybody just like we just were eating that way and there may and I even then there wasn't like a conversation around organic because I just don't think there was a context for it at least where we were located and timing and things like that now there's quite and truth be told there were co-ops Awesome co-ops in Minneapolis and around the state that are mm-hmm. still there today. A lot of them are 30, 40 years mm-hmm. in. Um, places like The Wedge in Minneapolis. There's a whole bunch of different ones. But we just weren't exposed to it. So uh, the vegan and vegetarianism stopped when we went on to no. the Caribbean on vacation. Oh my gosh, I was and so my, right. And my dad and I went out and... You know, Minnesota, so it's like cold winters, and you have to leave several times in the winters to kind of thaw out, or you just really freeze the whole winter through. Kansas girl. Yep, exactly. So we went out, and we were scuba diving, and we caught a whole bunch of lobster, and we had such a feast of lobster. It was wonderful. And then (laughs) all all of that whole food ideology just kind of slid away after that. And how old were you at that age? Oh, I must have been like 16 or 17. Okay, so so okay, so okay, now we're at 16 and 17, and then you're about to graduate high school, right? And you're going to college, and you're going to become a dentist, and where did you go to college? This uh, St. John's University, which is actually out in kind of a remote area in northern Minnesota. Wow. And it's a Benedictine monastery, which interestingly enough was more about a community aspect than like uh, some kind of religious aspect. Benedictines are kind of cool in that way. They're about like hospitality and education and they were very liberal and super progressive and really into like social justice things there and uh, it was a cool experience. It was an all-guys school and there was a girls' school nearby and the campuses were separate but the the uh, classes were Integrated, so they had buses that would go back and forth and these things. Interesting. Yeah, and I ran cross country and and did other. No, I had cross country skiing. Things oh, cool. Like that. So I would like train year round for cross country skiing. That sounds awesome. I've I've always wanted to try that. Um, oh man, it's amazing! You, silence, and balance, and glide, and super refined, like lightweight power. Yeah. I mean, so, the, wait, the body is... <laughs> let's totally get off track for a second. I want to know, is it like the paths are already like kind there's of like two kinds. a there's, car wash when you drive your car and you Yeah, know, there's the two kinds. There's like a classical, which is side by side, and you're just kind of sliding and gliding. Mm-hmm. There's a wax in the middle of the ski that gives you grip, so you push off of that and glide. And then there's a freestyle, which is more of a V-shaped over, open trail, and, oh. and you kind of... Push and glide, push and glide, push and glide. If you watch the Olympics. But, you know, here I was, like, super thin and super lean, but, like, 
massively powerful in like oh, yeah. the back of my arms and my back and things from wow. doing these types of training. Amazing. It's like being a cyclist <laughs> almost, like a tour de France. Um, so you're in dental school. Or wait, were you undergraduate? In undergraduate. I figured out before I got to dental school that that wasn't going to work because so I was like. So what did you finish up then, or did you uh, finish up then? Yeah, I did like uh, Chinese East Asian culture studies. How did you get into that? That's I totally studied abroad like... in China. Okay. Interestingly that's... enough, I studied abroad in China, and then like twenty years later, I'm finding out that a whole bunch of places I visited while I was there before even knowing about herbs, over the course of like six months, when I was maybe 19 years old, I, um, those are like the region of origin for a bunch of the herbs that we sell. See, They're like the cultural, uh, you know, like anchor point of where those things Everything came from. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. The cosmos works in crazy ways. It puts people together for crazy reasons. It puts you in certain geographical locations for the right reasons, the right time, whether it's Get your little or... gene codex. Um, codes like go and pick up the codes and all yeah. these little geographic yes. places. Yes, and then, collect them all. Yeah, and then years later you go like, oh, that's interesting themes that are happening in this life. That's just cool. So this is a part of your journey, and I want to know um, because this is obviously going to China. You went to China to study, and then you you became kind of like enthralled in that. And then how long after that? Like, what did you do when you graduate? Like, what, what did you I, do with a degree like that? Or? You know, going to China was interesting because coming back from China was a really, very disheartening, reverse culture shock, kind of unexpected, jarring experience. Yeah. You know, China was like very slow, kind of pace of the day. We had like, as a, for instance, like a two and a half hour lunch. So everyone would walk down the hill to these little food stalls. And we'd sit in these like garage stalls and they'd make us these beautiful like noodles and vegetables and all these things that sat on a big circle table. And you sat on these little chairs and it was very communal eating. You'd ha kind of have like a bowl of rice and be using your chopsticks out of the center of the table for all the main dishes there. And then you'd kind of go back and take a little nap and then you'd go to your afternoon classes. And I got back to school and it was like, 25 minute break between camp, you know, between classes and kind of having to rush and then being in the cafeteria and actually like there's all this sound of conversation around. Yeah. But it was in English now, so I could actually understand the words that were being said, whereas I had just spent six months in China where I understood very little language. It was more. So I could harmonious. be around sounds of language without actually hearing what was being said, and it was super pacifying and soothing and relaxing yeah. and then <laughs> coming back and being able to actually understand all the the uh you know range of conversation happening around me Noise was like yeah it was like sensory overload interesting so so you're you're back there and what year are you now are you like in your final year and then end of end of Jan uh, end of uh, sophomore year oh wow you studied early abroad and when I uh end of sophomore year I didn't finish I left like I went that second semester didn't had a really hard time with being back in the U.S. Yeah. and like so you just you've the, left the week of the week of finals I just decided not to go and I was like I'm just done like I am not interested in being here I don't want to be here I I don't know if I told my parents I would go back, but I don't think I even told them that. So you, was, didn't, you didn't finish? No. <laughs> wow, this is cool. I'm loving this. So you, you, you fly away. Where did you go? You left school. Uh, I left school. You know what I did? I went and I moved back at my parents' house. And I went and I took a, I took a class at the local vocational technical school. I thought, oh, I'm... I was really into cycling, so I thought I'll go and take a welding class and learn how to make a bicycle, and I'll make myself a bike. This would be kind of a cool thing to do. And I went and I signed up, but I actually signed. The guy in the admission signed, kind of told me that I ought to try this packaging program that they had there. Packaging, like packaging, like, like the packaging, like the mechanical, pneumatic, air, and um, hydraulic machines that actually build 
consumer packaged goods. Interesting. Like the everything from like side. bags of chips to like but it wasn't boxes designing. of matches. It wasn't designing. To, like, it wasn't designing, but it was like working on the machines gosh. that now, again, like 20 years or so, I don't know how many years later, now we rely heavily on these machines right. to package all of the products for the brand. And I understand how they work. Wow. I'm totally fascinated with them. I love working on them. I love looking at them. I'm just like, they're like these elaborate um, Lego machine so where things are with your a million packaged? moving parts. Uh, we have a nutraceutical lab that packages them. Cool. And so we like receive materials, import things, quarantine materials, send out labs, get full lab um, verification of all the information we receive from the sourcing, and then release it into production. It goes through, you know, these are basically they treat this material like as if it was a pharmaceutical material. Exactly. But it's plants, so it's. I guess you could call it nutraceutical. Yeah, exactly. And so clean rooms and jumpsuits and the white, the white, all the like all the mask. white everything. Yeah, wow. probably maybe not face mask, but you know they they wear a mask and hair nets and gloves really and all that stuff. Yeah. Little booties. Wait. Okay. So now I'm like totally bouncing around here, but I want to know. You left college. You went to study packaging <laughs> and all that jazz. Um, you finished all that. What happened next? Because uh, I want to know what's how your did why. I get to California? What's how my why? Get, how did you get to California? And what like what was your why to get to California? I was like, wow, this is a lot of conversation about childhood. And it's fascinating. Well, we're jumping. <laughs> it's so fun. We're jumping. Um, you know, I worked in a packaging place for a summer. It was like the hardest work I'd in ever California? done in Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. And and I was like, well. Take that off the list. I'm yeah. not doing manual labor the rest of my life. Right. So um, then I got really into yoga. I went to Bikram Yoga teacher training in L.A. Mm -hmm. I um, did that training and then stayed in L.A. Never taught Bikram Yoga. Yeah. But I don't know, learned how to do that. But it was a good reason to get to L.A. and be in the sunshine of the weather here. Mm -hmm. And I... Did LA for three years, really, it was a good experience, but like I worked for an entrepreneur and as his assistant and got a lot of good experience, kind of exposure to different things. Didn't enjoy being in the city around, you know, Beverly and Fairfax and not leaving ever and just kind of being in that zone. So got kind of ejected out of, L out of LA after three years and I got to leave and I went to um, back into nature, so I went uh, Ojai and Oregon and Santa Cruz and Just winters kind of in uh, Mexico or Hawaii, wow. um, living outside or in communities or off the grid or in these kind of mm, makeshift housing <laughs> situations. No, did you <laughs> Close go? to nature, but barefoot hiking every day, being outside. Wow. Did you go to just kind of like refine yourself and like say like what's next? Yeah, I didn't. I, I, when I left LA, it was right after a car accident. My nervous system kind of melted down. I was just like, get me out of here. I just have to be hmm. back in nature and away from people. But then when that kind of equalized, then I was like, oh well, I don't really know what I want to do, and I know I don't want to move back to LA, and I know I don't. I'd like to stay in California, mm -hmm. so I'm gonna learn as much as I can. I'm not going to get involved in things that waste my time or distract me from taking time to learn and absorb information. And I'm just going to follow curiosities like you, like you mentioned earlier and have a good time and explore. And so I got really, when I was in Ojai, using Ojai as a base for about five years, got really uh, really excited about different like esoteric practices and meditation and energy things and um, John of God down in Brazil and crystal skulls and crystals and geometries and uh, number kind of sequencing and syntax and language and wow. um, essential oils and at some point in there there was like teachings that kind of started coming in learning about tonic herbalism and the this idea of plants that you 
take every day as a means of feeling good that are not meant to treat symptoms but are things that you take so that you don't ever get symptoms of different kinds. That's the idea anyways. They're like Not like a psychedelic treatment. No, like a participatory preventative. Tonic herbs are basically what we sell in Sun Potion. Mm -hmm. So when I uh, moved to California, I stopped doing all these athletic things I was doing when I was in Minnesota. And something I realized through having some exposure to these tonic herbs that I was learning about from different teachers and stuff, I'd be like, oh man, I feel really good. Like, I feel really good, like, when I was railed on endorphins yeah. in high school and college from overtraining. From the plants. Then. Like, contagiously empowered in a way that you're, like, wanting to just tell everybody about it. So, that was really exciting. Um, I feel really fortunate to do have taken the time to do that break out of... I mean, I basically stepped out of commerce, out of... I didn't have a car. I was, like, taking a... I was, like, hitchhiking down to town on Sundays to go to the farmer's market and then going back up and just, like, being on this mountain property. So, I... This is my belief. I believe that a higher power, the cosmos, whatever, gave you that oh, that accident to yeah. say it's time for you to heal because you've been pushing and running yourself to the ground so much with your with your sports and maybe like machinery work or whatever that it is your time to heal and then it's and then you are the you are a leader now to teach people about how to heal um naturally because we all know or at least i know that the earth is a very forgiving place if you let it and earthing yourself is probably one of the biggest cure-alls yeah exactly one of the biggest cure-alls to anything anything there's so many studies about it um being in nature so so you spent about five years up in ojai and then um and then you're learning all of these things did you take any like certifications for being like an, uh, oh, there's the train hello santa barbara train <laughs> we love that so did you take any courses or were you just like I had Completely. teachers and mentors that were from different lineages. So, like, I had a, I had a qi, qigong teacher oh, cool. and mentor who was like, a total badass. I mean, he was just amazing guy. Max Christensen was his name. I had a person, uh, David Crow, who I went to to learn about um, Ayurvedic, like five elemental approach to plants through essential oils. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, you know, people in my life like David. Uh, David Wolf and mm-hmm. Ron Teagarden, who were mentors and people I looked up to and learned from and mm-hmm. um, got to be close with enough that I could like ask for feedback at times or ask questions about different things and learn from them. Um, you know, and also remember actually taking these herbs was, well, I'll just share that taking these herbs on a regular basis, which was also happening during that time in Ojai, was something that was incredibly, um, it like was its own teacher in itself. So there was like an experiential aspect to having these herbs on a daily basis that taught me a lot about intuition, subtle latent potentialities. They really harmonized and like supported well a lot of the meditation kind of esoteric stuff that I was excited about yeah in my in my belief um especially you know taking herbs taking adaptogens taking tonics whatever you want to kind of label any of those as um they work very differently with different people so for instance rhodiola um is can be very calming um, to some people, um, 
But for me, it makes me feel horrible, and I don't know why. It has the total opposite effect. Ashwagandha works really well with me with my adrenals, but for uh, I know my mother was like, I just can't, I can't. It doesn't work with me. You strike me as having one of the sharpest minds out there. So you're, <laughs> you do not need the rhodiola. Yeah, because so. it is for like mental clarity and acuity and memory and mental like sharpness. Interesting. So you're articulation, your use of the way that you speak and things like that, um, you probably, you do not, you don't need the radiology. So there's, there's things like that where they have, um, these tonic herbs, you might give one potion, the same, make two potions, give one to one person and they feel like going to sleep and then give the other one to the other person and they like come alive and are bouncing around having a great time. Um, it just sort of speaks to, like, these plants are giving you uh, chemistry that um, your body uses in the ways that it needs, depending on where you're at. So maybe the one person really was depleted and needed to sleep, while the other person is gets to have more of an uplifting experience, experience with those herbs. So how, let's, let's get on this, how did you start Sun Potion? Besides, you know, you finished all learning and the mentoring. How did you say, like, let's start this? Because I know well, a couple of you guys. There was a um, couple of us. What? There's a couple of you guys in this in this together, right? Uh, well, well I started Sun Potion myself. Yes, but... And now there are more people involved. Yeah. Um, I did... The starting happened really quickly, but the cultivation to have every... To have the understanding to be able to do it took, I think those five years at least, probably, if not, a lot longer before that. So, um, I was encouraged to leave Ojai by a close friend, kind of my West Coast woo-woo spiritual godfather friend who I've been friends with for like 15 years since I moved to Santa, or moved to California, and his name's Jimmy, and he basically came to visit me in Ojai and was like, and I think Jimmy's like maybe 75 now. So he's a little bit older guy. Doesn't have any kids, but we get along great. And he was like, dude, five years. Like, come back to Earth. <laughs> come on, like, get in the car. We're going to go to Santa Barbara. And you got to think about moving over there. Because out, out in Ojai, you're like a little out in the ethers here. Like, yeah. He's like, enough classes, enough reading books, enough, like going to workshops he's like stop you don't need to learn this more and more and more stuff all the time he's like you've done enough of that get in the car let's go to... so we went over here and I was like oh I love it over here this is so nice it was 40 minutes away and I had like never really even visited here prior to that day and so I moved here three days later there was at the time a little bit of a thought or uh, curiosity about well, during the Ojai time, there was this reoccurring uh, thought of, like, give me my, give me a job. Like, give me my divine path of service. I want to be of service. I want to be helpful. I want to participate in life. But I was waiting to get the message of what that interaction with life was going to mm-hmm. look like. I just didn't want to just go get a J-O-B. It was, and... it was Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. So <laughs> Jimmy and Tinkerbell, his little angel that helps him, went... Time to go somewhere else. So we went, went over. I moved over here. Um, and then everything happened like super fast. Like all these different pieces just kind of tumbled into place or took form. And uh, I think that Santa Barbara was a catalyst for that. I think that coming out of really ambient, remote, etheric uh, kind of daily living over in, Santa, over in Ojai. Mm-hmm. Coming to Santa Barbara, there's like just a little bit more juice and movement and activity. Uh, if you're downtown in the middle of the day, you might even see somebody in a suit walking around. That's definitely not happening in Ojai. Yeah. So there's like sure. a little bit of business happening over here. So yeah. I was like, oh my God, I want to do business. Like, what if I just started making these herbs available that I'm going to crazy lengths to try and figure out how to get for myself? Mm-hmm from people that don't even really want to sell to me because I'm an individual person and I'm only able to consume so much and I'm trying to talk to like the growers and the 
people at the lab and these kind of, you know, you got to have a company to really talk to those guys. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, but fortunately I had been pestering those guys for so long that I had become friends with them. And so I had all the sourcing. You knew you had all of their sourcing. I had all of my own sourcing through these friendships with these producers that took a long time to, to create. And I was finding these people because I wanted to know about these herbs. Like, what's the altitude? What's the water like? What's the other plants that are growing near it? Like, I wanted to know all this information about the soil and stuff that if you called the person that was selling it in a capsule in the health food store, they didn't know any of that information. So I was going out and trying to find that information directly from whoever was actually growing this stuff. And that's how I became friends with these people. And we still do business today with like the seven or eight different um, manufacturers who we have built relationships and with. Are these the ones in the, the places in China? or? Uh, yeah, there's one in China that we work with. There's one in Taiwan. There's one in... Uh, is that the matcha one? The matcha one is in Japan. Japan. That's a farmer there, and we buy all their matcha. Wow. So cool. This is crazy. So do you travel to all these yeah. places? And, and okay, I get to go to these. Because this is my next. <laughs> like going, were... to the, the Demac- going to the matcha place is my favorite. Oh my gosh. Like the best. I would love to see that. <laughs> I actually made a killer matcha like a biscuit one time. Like I made this. A matcha recipe. biscuit. Oh yes, wow. Yes. It's on my website. But I made it from like I made up the recipe. It's uh-huh. pretty cool. So anyways, this is my next question because I want to know. Because there's a lot of herbs, tonics, tinctures. Uh, adaptogen sources, stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there in the world. You know this. It's kind of like supplements. There's a lot of them out there. How do you know that, because you have competition, obviously, the integrity of your of the source. Um, you said you were really diving in deep and finding the scientific paths of where they grow, the water sources, the environmental factors, because that's huge. Um, how do you know that your integrity the integrity of your product is super duper clean and it's legit, you know? Um, so for a long time, my personal discernment that I had learned through having these teachers and through taking these herbs on a daily basis over time. So personal discernment is like actually listening to the, to the bodies, not just sight and taste and touch and feel and like like visual pieces but also the energetic piece of like looking at a substance or looking at or trying two different things and being like oh this one feels really good and this one feels not quite right so um how do you know though eventually you know because we go and do chemical analysis and assays that are down to like parts per billion so you can see is it clean is it um what's the percentage of long chain polysaccharides in the mushrooms what's the percentage of beta glucan what's the percentage of uh maybe some of the ratios or some of the extracts are standardized extracts so we can test and go like oh if this is a standardized percent 15 percent levodopa um extract of Macuna prurians, we can test ourselves to confirm that it's actually 15% when we you've got the procure it from the supplier. So we verify what the supplier tells us, and then the relationship with these suppliers over time, um, you know, we've grown our company, but we've grown what they're doing too, and so these are relationships, they're partnerships, they're friendships with these people. I personally feel and would be, you know, product by product, we could go through every one and look at what's available currently on the market. We could look at quality and go through all those different discernment notes for each of the individual herbs. I feel that Sun Potion offers the absolute best quality example mm-hmm. of what's currently available out in the the market today and what's available that's being produced today Mm -hmm. and by produced I don't mean 
the consumer product good package goods, but I mean by the labs and the farmers that are available. Because think about it, if you're getting into like a organic ashitaba, and there may be a handful of growers around the world that you could source from, but then you start going into discernment of flavor profiles and things like that, and then there's only one or two That's or maybe one that is like to my preference the best you 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 test every i'm gonna say like finalist um are you do you personally test every finalist before you select that one that one ashitaba to use oh i do all the sourcing yeah so you do all the sourcing so like how do you find these farmers like google uh, I mean, no like... i know it's you know honestly it's like it seems as if there's like a some divine intervention happening at times because some of these people find us. Some of these people are through friendships that, like, for instance, the person we came in contact with to purchase the matcha, um, I met them while I was in Japan to see two Japanese friends get married outside of Kyoto Mm. in a super, like, inner inner temple kind of they're like super into mystical shintoism so like old mystical shintoism and i was basically with them traveling around after the wedding on their honeymoon for like 10 days you were on their honeymoon (laughs) they (laughs) they were just like you're coming with us right and i was like i mean i wasn't planning on it but (laughs) okay bring the matcha yeah, so we were, like, in onsen every day and going in, like, hiking on these beautiful mountains that were, like, the day... So we call the matcha the white dragon matcha because the day before we went and met the farmer and the matcha people, we were hiking on this white dragon mountain and we, like, hiked up and looked at this beautiful view and went to these temples there. And we were in these basically, like... Inari temples. Um, we can. You can go on. Forever. We can pivot, but we could. Go, we could like totally go down a deep rabbit hole. Okay, so you went, you got the matcha. So let's okay, maybe we'll keep on top. We're gonna here. we're gonna go we're gonna go on, but um, let's talk about how did you come up with the name Sun Potion? So Sun Potion came out of a word game that I played with two other friends, and we ate a bunch of herbs, and then we went and sat outside in the sun in January. This was, like, within the days of leaving Ojai and moving to Santa Barbara. Um, One friend had a piece of paper and a pen, and just we, all three of us, popcorned, like, words and names and colors and feelings and things that we liked that made us feel good. And... So the Jennifer, the one friend, wrote all of these things down, and then we filled up one page, and then we went back and started crossing out and combining the different names that were on the page, and then we got Sun Potion, and then the wings, the, the wings, like, literally, like, one Sun Potion came together, and we are like, oh my god, Sun Potion! And then these wings, like, swung down and, like, hit me right in the face. Like, whoosh, Like, I just, all I saw were these, like, boom, like, in my face. These wings. And I had been studying all this esoteric Egyptian, like, saw breath and different pharaoh practices and stuff through the Qigong teacher, Max Christensen. And so we were studying about, like, the esoteric meaning of the different symbologies and things like that. And... This is, uh, my understanding from that training was that it was like a universal symbology for embodiment, for transfiguration or moving the body from density into light and becoming the sun. So this is like Path of Horus or even, um, you know, like if you're looking at a more Judeo-Christian model, like the, that spiritual practice that Jesus is said to do where he like, oh, they he died and then they went in the cave and then like three days in the underworld and he got the keys then he came out and he rolled the stone and he like got on the like golden cloud express and like floated (laughs) up into the sky or that that kind of 
uh, modeling of yeah. that. That's like a Egyptian spiritual practice of path of horse, the hawk-headed god. So I was like learning about all these things. And uh, so sun potion, the wings, and then the only thing that made sense after that almost immediately was like, oh my god, transformational foods. Like eat You're this like, stuff, this is so easy. transform your body, enforce and reinforce the wiring and circuitry in your body to be able to hold more frequency, more light, more energy in your system light. so that your physical body can actually bridge and you can have a handshake with your higher self and your higher self has space and capacity to actually live inside of your physical body. So, Why don't more people think like you, Scott? If you... The secret is that if you eat the herbs, that these things help with that process happening, whether you understand that or not, people's discernment goes up, people's sensitivity in their body goes up, their intuition goes up, their, say it like, unlocks like subtle latent potentialities in the body, clarity, understanding. And it's because what people don't know, but I'm going to say it on layman's terms, if they're, you know, starting to listen to these things, is that like, these are cleansers. They are. Like, for instance, chlorella, you know, strips out all of the metals and a lot of toxins out of you. So once you have less toxins in you, the, the clearer you can think, you know. But I want to ask you, do you only eat these? I mean, of course, you probably don't, but is this kind of, are you kind of like on a liquid diet or what? What's going on I eat on once here? a day in the oh, evening. Oh, tell me about this. Well, first I want to say, oh, yeah. you were talking about the cleansing and tonic mm-hmm. herbs as a category of plants, have a huge amount of saponins in them. So saponins are like the foam substance in the dishwashing soap in your kitchen. The saponins are what's cleaning the, the dishes, the bubbles. Mm-hmm. It's not really the soap. It's the saponins in the soap. And so uh, when you have herbs that have a lot of saponins in them, like you can see this when you make your potion in a Vitamix or a Nutribullet or mm. something, and you open the cap, and there's so many bubbles. There's times where we make potions, and they come out, and there are these opalescent, like almost looks like gasoline, um, like rainbow colored bubbles all over the top. Teas. Yeah, and so you drink that, and it's like you're having those saponins go through your body, and they're they're cleaning the mucous membrane layer that goes through your whole body, like this is biofilm, yeah. or it's like mucus that's in your body, and if your plaque. body, plaque that's mm-hmm. in your body, or calcification, or inflammation causes it, but it's like every tube in our body has some layer of like this slime, and disease, and bacteria, and like colds, and funky weird stuff that we, that we have over the course of our life may flare up, and then, like, we might get sick from an outside bug coming in. But sometimes what happens is those bugs or out-of-health moments, whatever they, whatever you want to call those, they go and they hide in the mucous membrane in the body, oh. in the biofilm, and they hang out in there, and you can't affect them with your echinacea tea or whatever you're drinking to get over the flu. Um, so they hang out in there, and then... When, years later sometimes they'll come out again when the body's like you're stressed or you're going through some life challenge thing or whatever and your your system is compromised then those guys will like jump out and go ha, that's why you know, I, we're back I call them invaders yeah they're the invading on you so you can clean those over time like the places where that stuff hangs out and hides through having saponin rich food like tonic herbs so you eat once you 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 uh, physically use your diet I'm gonna say use your digestive system once a day well I but wake up I have tea tell yeah tell me your ritual is it the same okay. every day pretty much not so. every th- no not totally the same every day but I, okay. I wake up I'll have tea so I'll have different kinds of tea I have all this tea where Depending I have like special bowls and special <gasps> things and all Coming this like over. tree tea accoutrements so, you know I'm a teaaholic don't you are you oh <laughs> look do you see this this is from boiling tea Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Scalding marks. Yep, <laughs> I know, it's horrible. So, Anyways. I love tea. So, I make tea, and I'll drink like rounds and rounds of tea, and then at some point I'll go, okay, potion time, and then I'll make a potion. 
What time is this? Um, I get up like around six and then okay. I'm drinking tea until like eight and then okay. I'm making a potion around like eight thirty or something. Okay. And same potion? Uh, same or similar herbs. Usually I'm having pearl powder. Okay. With great that, for the skin. Great the for the powder out. He brought some nice. pearl powder. Guys, pearl powder. Let me smell powder, this. Powder, freshwater pearls and they levigate the material so it's it's basically like you just go for it yeah go for it um you have like nanoparticle size tastes like pearl air that is actually they remove the they can remove the sand out of the inside of the grains of the pearl with this process so it's in the water they grind them in the water and this is what yeah so the whole when you get a jar of pearl powder that's actually all pearl so you could but you can use the, like your adaptogens for multiple different things like you could you could probably put this on your this face is topical too, right? yeah you, internal topical brightening clarifying awesome. uh, amazing for uh some one of our friends just did a this conscious lifestyle magazine is based here in santa barbara mm -hmm. and two friends write this they've been doing it quarterly for the last couple of years and they love writing about herbs and these things in their magazine so they just did a cover they just did a piece on pearl and the guy was telling me that in his research that he was going through he saw them making claims about this is like johns hopkins saying oh the pearl powder goes into your bone marrow and um rebuilds your bone marrow inside of your bones awesome okay, was, so one, you have, was one of the things so you have pearl pearl every morning and hoshi wu okay so so, Hoshiwu, do you blend them together? Or do you have a, yeah. like eight different cups on your So what I do table? is I turn the Vitamix on. Okay. Or I put like, this morning I put like a 16 ounce coconut water bottle. Just poured it in the Vitamix. But you could put tea or, or even like a coffee or something. Put the liquid in the Vitamix, turn it on. And then I just have all my jars there right next to where the Vitamix okay. is. And I just open my pearl. Pearl. One of them. And I open and one by one, and I have my special spoon. Oh my god, I this want a little, spoon like, like that. Where'd you get that? This is handmade in Japan. Oh my god, that's the With most beautiful. Ocean on it. I'm gonna take a picture of this and put it on my site. <laughs> we have special spoons. You can have one. This is amazing. Okay, so you you got the you've got the pearl. Yeah. So you're just doing a little half teaspoon. This is like the the distance from the last knuckle of your pinky to the tip of your pinky. Okay. That, that, like that volume. Okay. So it's pretty small, you know? Yeah. So the idea is a small amount daily over a long period of time. And so you do like that much, you know, a little half, half teaspoon. teaspoon okay. So you toss like it that. into the Vitamix. Boom. Into Boom. the Vitamix and it's already moving. So it's in there spinning on low. And then I just go herb by one by one with the different herbs through. So I'll do pearl and then I'll do Hoshiwu. Hoshiwu. Okay. Yeah, and Hoshiwu is like great for the kidneys. It nourishes the life force in the kidneys. It builds the life force. So it has all kinds of peripheral effects on like skin and hair and brightness of the eyes and the um, feeling of the fingernails, like mm -hmm. the speed the fingernails grow and things like that. And the thickness, yeah. And cool. so that's like a really good beauty life force food. Okay. And then Makunapurians, okay. which is that 15% levodopa. So it's the immediate, immediate chemical precursor to dopamine in the neurotransmitter cascade. So it goes like L-dopa, dopamine, neur, uh, serotonin, norepinephrine. It mm -hmm. like changes so into all these other happy things. All day. Yeah, elevates your mood, soothes the nervous system, kind of takes like crunchy stress feel off. Um, then I'll do like a reishi and a cordyceps, maybe a little lion's mane. These are all good for modulating the mm -hmm. immune system. So you're nourishing the immune system, you're giving it the adaptability to be both strong, to defend against colds and things of that nature, but also supple and adaptable so as to um, lower in the case of autoimmune or overactive immune or allergies or histamine response, mm -hmm. overactive. So you, if you're taking those mushrooms, they help the body to adapt mm -hmm. uh, its immune response to the challenge at mm -hmm. hand. Okay, and then all? I'll put like astragalus, 
Uh-huh. With it, all of these, and the astragalus moves everything around. It's huh. great for circulation. It's great for stag- moving stagnation and blockages in the body. Cool. It actually opens the capillaries and, like, gets things flowing and moving. Um, so you take all those together, and this thing is just, like, blending over here. And then I'll do, like, a little pinch of cinnamon and coriander and cumin and black pepper. Nice. Into the tea, or wait, into the tea or into or the into the coconut. Co- and this thing. morning's thing was coconut water. Oh, cool! Because good for summer. So put it into the blend. Put it into the blender, and this thing is just like going on low, but when you stop, it's like super frothy and yummy and, and ready to go. Well, this one was cold with the coconut, but you can do like a warm tea. You can add a healthy fat like ghee or coconut oil or. So let me. So that's your blend, but do you have to drink this quickly? No, enjoy it. But it, but it won't settle. Uh, no. The the most of the herbs are water soluble in the sense that they just float, like, or they'll suspend in the water. Especially if you have a fat in there, mm-hmm. they'll um kind of combine with the fat, and then awesome. they the body metabolizes them. I'm like totally like, like my eyes, looking at my eyes, they're like drying out right now because I'm like so intrigued by this. Uh. This is awesome. <laughs> so you drink that, um, you drink that every day and then, and then that's then all? Then I'm on the phone, so I'm working at the house on the phone. And you, you that and gives you plenty of energy? Oh, I feel amazing, yeah. I'm gonna try all this. And then I go in the middle of the day on the way to the warehouse, I go to the, um, I can go and get juice. So the I'll get like... same type of juice every day? Not the same, but I'll switch it up. I'll get like four juices. You drink four juices a day? Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, like I just this morning I had a I had a um, thousand milliliter IV drip from my friend, Dr. Mike, who's my... I need to do this. Where's we Dr. can do Mike? it. He's right downtown. He's amazing. So he's like hormone doctor, IV, IV chelation metals, um, IV drips, um, blood panels. So do you do that every day? Or only not on every day because it's not good to be like putting needle into your vein every day. <laughs> but it's sense. like, you know, um, like once a week probably. Cool. And it feels amazing. And, you know, if you were to go to just like a drip spa kind of thing, you know, there's a lot, like, there's... It's a lot of honky-tonk. People, yeah, it's, like, a little bit, like, oh, they've got these little 250-milliliter bags, um, so they're kind of, like, cute little bags, and they're bright yellow, and they have, like, basically, like, a Myers cocktail in there. This is not what's happening over at Mike's. These are, like, a liter of saline solution, so you just put a liter of saline in your vein, and you're going to feel way more hydrated and good just from that. But then... He's like mega dosing vitamin C and glutathione and mm, all these B12 sweet. and all these things. Feels so amazing. So, <laughs> but okay, so your crunchy food is at the end of the day and now I'm assuming your your dinner. Dinner is your is it the biggest meal or is it just the It's the meal. It's the meal, it's the last supper. Um so what do you always kind of have the same things? You know how people have kind of the same thing. No, I'm not. Do you make all your food? Are you a big goat? Eater outer. Um, I love to cook. I've been out of the rhythm of cooking. And are you vegan? As you, as, you, as I point my pen at you. As you stab your pen at me. Okay, there's a lot of questions going on here. Let's just start at the top. So, um, I love to cook. I've been out of the rhythm of preparing all my own food for a little bit now. So, my previous house had a very minimal kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so I got into the habit of, or into the rhythm of going out for dinner in town each night. So that's how I kind of, that was like part of, so like late afternoon, early evening. I don't, I'm not really like an eat late person, mm-hmm. more of a eat during the earlier times of the day. And uh, so I now I'm getting back into preparing more food at home. And I would say that I'm a, selectitarian okay in the sense that i don't have any rigid boundaries around like oh i don't eat dairy or i don't well but by practice i don't eat dairy i don't even think about it 
I just don't do it. Uh, but I also, like, don't even really eat fruit, either. Fruit? Yeah, like, not for any reason. I just don't really, like, do that. You're not a sweet tooth person. So, basically... I, I, don't, I don't really go for sweet stuff. I don't eat yeah. sugar, really. Um, I don't eat... Like, I've got all these amazing honeys at my house. I don't really use them. They're just there. So, <laughs> so you're... It's... For show. So, you are more of a... I, I, I'm thinking you're more of the... Gosh, yeah, we've been talking for a while. You're more of the... We can talk. I don't know. Whatever the source is. I feel like you're... uh, If it's a good meat or if it's a good fish, if it comes from a clean source, I will embrace it. Right. True? Pasture-raised, organic as a minimum. I mean, organic as a minimum for all the food that I'm eating. Mostly plant-based. But also, I'm... Like, I have a friend in town named Matt Lum, who the guy is like a legendary free diver, spear fisherman. And this guy's out one or more days a week and he's bringing back like, he'll call me at like two in the afternoon. Hey, I'm coming back on the boat from the islands. The islands are like 20, 25 miles offshore here. I just got a 65 pound sea bass. You should come over for dinner tonight. So we're having like fish that he caught and speared out in the ocean three hours earlier, and then we're having it, like, grilling it at his house. But that's the best way fun. to have it. That's the thing. Absolutely. I, I'm, right now, I'm <laughs> Absolutely. vegan. Um, but the thing is, like, a really good piece of fish is worth its gold. It really is gold. So I want to go, since we kind of got, yes. These guys. And the juice people. We went, I went to their house this week. One of the friends just got 180-pound tuna. 180 pound tuna, huge, massive fish. Yeah, a free, free diving, spear fishing, and down near San Diego. So they have, they brought a cooler, and like 15 or more friends came over to these guys' house, and these guys had cooler of Toro steaks from the mm-hmm. belly of the tuna mm-hmm. that were like this thick, like this, and a cooler full of them. And they were just like Popping them on the cooking grill. these things on, in the kitchen. And they just put it on the middle of the table and every and cut it up and everybody would eat it and they were just going like huge steak after I mean there was like we were twenty people were like stuffed at the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> it was incredible. You're making me want to like, like move to Santa Barbara and just like hang out with all these cool people. There's cool people here. There is cool people here. I love it here. It's a very magical place. So I want to know my next question. I saw your stuff on Goop. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow. How did it get on there, and what was the feedback from it? Well, it got onto Goop just like it got onto Cat Beauty, just People like it got it. onto um, a lot of different places that I love. These stores, I love these stores. Store where you can go and get natural beauty, plant based natural beauty products, plant based cosmetics, plant based anything that goes on your body mm-hmm. I mean totally awesome yeah so they basically they asked of course we said we'd love to and then uh, you know it's been a nice process of like they they'll like release an article or a newsletter or a mm-hmm. recipe or something like that I love it and they're they're you know their people's attention to their stream of information is pretty close so it's they have some it's pretty, pretty good cool. information. Um, so I, I'm a big follower too. Because I remember when I, I remember when I first discovered you guys. It was actually you guys were. How long have you guys been in business now? Um, we're in our eighth year. Eighth year, but I, I think so, you guys were in fairly. I mean, I think it was about five years ago I found you guys, um, and it was someone doing testers at um, Mother's Market. Yeah, probably Lewis. I think it was Lewis. Lewis and I is met it, in Toastmasters. Was like rain or something or something uh, like that. Did um. I think it was oh, Lewis. we might have had. We might have had. It was someone. Lewis D'Angelo. I th- yes, exactly. And I met really him. Good and guy. I was like, wow, this stuff's amazing. That's when I used to live down in Orange County. When he went to UCSB, he and I had a radio show, and KCSB called Sound Food, and he was like the pundit, and I was the, a tea, was the herb person or whatever. And we would just basically talk about everything to do with Sun Potion, but not talk, not use the name Sun Potion, but we would talk about herbs and tea and sourcing and organic farming and like 
um, standards of quality and like, um, you know, had had farmers and um, like the manager from the co-op there and um, all these different interesting people in and had these conversational radio shows. You and I need to talk more and more and more off this because um, I have <laughs> yes. so many other questions, but I want to wrap it up soon to keep people's attention. Um, and we might be able to have you on for like a second second round round two yeah round two but um let me okay so let me ask you two more questions all right what if you had to pick one of your products and have it forever which one would it be and why oh i love the makuna prurians i would just have that okay and forever just straight up yeah just the makuna herb uh, extract powder nice yeah and why because it elevates, I mean, just the way that it makes me feel. I like feeling happy. I think everyone <laughs> I like, likes being happy. I mean, if you got that in check, I mean, it kind of takes the edge off of a lot of different things. So it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a nice way to be. Yeah. And it, and it kind of, I think that feeling good and feeling happy are an central parts of wellness and health that have such a huge impact on every other aspect of a person's life that exactly. it it makes a big difference what what a person's like perspective is exactly okay last question are you are you ready for this pretty loaded um i like loaded got yes for a possible million dollars gotcha <laughs> what is your honest truth that has led you on a path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle for me personally, mm -hmm. maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Oh, find something to be really passionate about. Find something to be of service to other people. Um, show up, pay attention, be nice, tell the truth. Uh, man, life, there's so many things to be grateful for in life. Gratitude is such an absolute king position in the hierarchy of emotions for me. I love it. So I love it. Well, you know, and then you. through those filters everything else kind of falls into place. You you know, you wake up one day and you're living in a place that you love and you're surrounded by people that you love and you're helping people with in a way that is a right fit for for you or for you know, for me. I love it. I believe you are being of service and you are healing. I mean, just like your your aura right now, like I can totally feel it. It's jumping off of me, and I'm like, I love this. Um, we need more people like you. So keep doing what you're doing, and keep spreading those good vibes, and keep spreading that light. Um, I want to share with you all, all you JBHR honesters out there, um, that <laughs> that sun potion. We're gonna do a little giveaway, a little contest. Oh, Get you involved. So that'll be more information yes. to come on that. Stay tuned. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then another thing, I want to share Scott's information about how you guys can follow him um, further and kind of snoop on him. Are you are you uh, active on social media? Please, yeah, check out at Sun Potion. Okay. You'll see kind of a pictorial storyline of the brand. Cool. And then look at the sunpotion.com for information about the individual products and herbs. If you are interested or any of your listeners are interested in articles, there's we have an awesome kind of press and blog page that probably has three or 400 blog articles or print articles from all the Condé Nast and Hearst publications and all the blog media outlet stuff. So Awesome. That's a well, good Scott, spot. Scott, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I we'll have you on it. again. We need My to have you on again. Absolute pleasure to be here. Yay. So, guys, again, feel free to subscribe to us. Um, we are on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. We'd love to have you. New episodes that come every single Monday. Wow. Without, without fail. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Until next time, kiss, kiss, hug, hug, peace, love. Ciao.